Oh, can you just turn it off and on again? Welcome, 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 welcome to Cybercast. All right, we're back. I'm Clay. I'm Ty. I'm Tosh. I'm Dick. And today we have with us Ant Pruitt. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. We, um, we have been uh, looking at Ant's stuff online for a long time. I have especially. And I am actually really happy to have you on the Cybercast with us. You know, this guy is like super prolific. <laughs> always, <laughs> always producing. <laughs> Easy now with the hyperbole. <laughs> it's true though <laughs> right i mean it, it really is true you're, you're always always doing something like you know creating uh tutorials with the drone footage with the night and like the nighttime uh you know <laughs> photography the video stuff trying to do my best my man trying to do my <laughs> best it's just um i just like to try to help out people that are getting started and you know i don't necessarily try to aim at the seasoned veterans, but I know how there's so many people out there curious about wanting to shoot or video or heck even write. And because you have, everybody has access to the tools now. It's not like how it was a decade right. ago. Now pretty much anybody can get this stuff. So Very true. Yeah, true. figured since I get these questions all the time, why not start producing some stuff? Yeah, that's good. That's cool. That's cool. You know, a lot of times I think about, about wanting to do anything you know like that like sort of producing videos and then i i create the videos and i'm like oh my gosh i i'm i suck at it <laughs> <laughs> just practice man just practice yeah i say that i say that just about every week every now and then really? i look at something and say you know what Aunt, you did all right on that one but just about every week i find a lot of things that i can fuss about within my content you know, really? but well. you just keep going, you know, just keep going. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try. I'll keep trying. But uh, yeah, I, li I like the stuff you're producing. And, and you, you know, you're always you're you know how sometimes people are producing and, and they're actually they, they seem to be sort of above the people who they're producing for. You actually seem to be involving and like like talking to the people, not at the people, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I, I, I get that. And I totally appreciate that because that's that's my aim. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not trying to be um, big bad celebrity or what have you that just can't necessarily relate to people uh, because I'm just a regular dude. I get up and put my drawers on and clothes on just like anybody else. And I'll have a beer and whiskey just like anybody else. And But I also like to create content, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what was this whiskey choice? Um, Usually single malt scotch. I love scotch. Okay. Can you relate, Dick? Are you a yeah. scotch guy? Actually, I do like some scotches. Cool. And I even keep a couple stashed over here at my desk. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it's just, uh, it's part of my, I hate saying it like this. Well, no, I don't hate saying it because I am who I am. But it's part of my workflow when um, I sit down in the evenings to do my edit, whether it's a video or, or images or writing, I usually throw on um, some music and grab um, one of these bottles of scotch or one that's downstairs and it's just part of the flow yeah, cool. i do that too when i do my research because i talk about you know porn on the show so i got to research a lot and i usually <laughs> drink something <laughs> uh, all righty cool. all right and and um the uh, the article we're going to discuss today is actually at the tech republic which is where you where you write yeah 
Yep. Um, and I appreciate, uh, first and foremost, I, I appreciate Tech Republic uh, continuing to give me an opportunity to create and, and have a platform to publish my stuff there. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a freelance guy. I got a regular, quote unquote, nine to five gig. Mm-hmm. But um, for the last couple of years, they continue to renew my freelance contract. And I'm forever grateful and grateful for them saying you know what uh let's send you to adobe max and yeah. go knock that out let's send you to that's ces cool. go knock that out that's pretty cool oh, that's nice so I'm, I'm truly truly great that's pretty cool all right so you're you're not an iphone user but let's, nope. we're going to talk quickly about the iphone and their since our last our last episode i ranted about this these previews <laughs> <laughs> right about people calling something a preview that is not released yet you know it, it just I, you know like i, I just it, don't it get is, it. it is a very hot button issue uh clay yeah i can see how you're upset about it well because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense like if you like like ant was got to use the uh the, the canon eos r but let's mm-hmm. say we were rumoring the canon eos r we couldn't call the preview if we if we don't, if it doesn't exist yet, <laughs> are, we, are we doing right. this again, Clay? Can we not beat that horse? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. He, he might just we, be we a beat little that bit horse to the finish line, this. and then we shot in the head. It's, it's episode ninety-five, part two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm jumping off it's, of this dead horse. All right. It's clickbait. <laughs> now I'm wondering how did I title mine when I looked at it. I think I titled mine a first look. Yeah, but the thing about it is that but see, you, could, you could have called yours a preview because actually the camera does exist. Yeah, because it exists. And, it yeah. exists. So so like if you if you had gotten pictures of it because it didn't exist yet, you couldn't say it's a preview. You would say, well, guess what? This is like a sort of sneak peek of what it could look like. Right. <laughs> Potential <Okay>. leaks. Potential <laughs> leaks. There you go. All right, let me jump off of this dead horse. Um, so iPhones... Uh, has now three models. We have this uh, XS, <laughs> Apple. I don't know what you're thinking with these names, but whatever. We you want us to call us a tennis, right. but it's XS. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Be wow. careful, those Apple gods are gonna yeah, find know, you for Clay. this, man. <laughs> Clay, that's how you get sponsorships, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. How about we call it like we do in Bubble Sort the Ten XS. S. <laughs> yeah. <What? laughs> How about just the new iPhone? The new iPhone <laughs> S and then the new iPhone Max S. How about that? Works for me. All right, cool. <laughs> and then we have the XR. So we have three um, uh, th- three lines for the iPhone. It's a bit confusing because usually you would say the XR would be sort of a smaller phone than the mm-hmm. XS and the XX. You got to go Mass. with 10, Clay. You got to say 10. 10. So it's a 10R then? Yeah, isn't that what it is? Yeah. 10R, right? That sounds so dumb. 10R. I mean, if we're going to be respected as an authority, we got to say it correctly. The tenor. <laughs> okay, the tenor. The tenor. It's tennis and tenor. <laughs> the tenor. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so so Apple, I think, is Apple has sort of confused it a little bit because they have like the the, the, the lower end phone is in the middle size wise. Yeah. I think which, it's a smart move. Which which I'm okay with actually. I'm I'm actually okay with it because finally we we have a phone that is sort of in the middle, right? A phone that most people will gravitate to, and it's not a tiny 
iPhone SE. I think a lot of people will be confused, though. I think people will be confused with it price-wise, but if you're looking at what phone most people would gravitate to, people always aim for the middle. Like, I always used to aim, like when I used to buy my MacBook Pros or PowerBooks. I haven't bought a MacBook Pro ever. A PowerBook, I would always aim for not the low end, not the high end, but the middle. Right. Mm. Right? I mean, isn't that what most people in your yeah, experience aim for, right? Yeah. Because so, a lot of people but, wouldn't wouldn't necessarily have the ability to use all of the additional horsepower and stuff because they're not really doing everything that requires that much horsepower. Right, exactly. Now, So Apple basically decided to give us, a, I don't know what they call this, LCD, but it's an LCD instead of the OLEDs. They call it something else, but whatever. It's an LCD. Liquid something. Yeah, liquid. Yeah, whatever. It's an LCD. Liquid Kool-Aid or something. I don't know. Is that what it's called? Liquid cooling something? Okay, whatever. It's an LCD. Kool-Aid. I don't know. Right. I think something it is. was smart of them to save money there and give the color choices for for the majority of people to be happy with. Um, I, Me personally, I kind of wish it was a smaller phone because I I, I wear tight pants. And so I, I'm pretty sure that size probably would have issues, you know, bulge issues in my pants. But... Uh, we'll see because I'm actually not in the market for an iPhone anymore because Dick has has, has gifted me an iPhone seven. <laughs> so actually, I, I'm holding out for another year. Um, wow, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Good move. Yeah. But what if you didn't get the seven? I I would be looking would at the XR because of the price. Um, I I prefer I prefer the size of the ten S the X the ten S the ten S. I prefer the ten S size wise, mm-hmm. but price wise, I prefer the XR. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You, you prefer tennis over tenor. That's what you say. <laughs> yes. Tenor over tenor. Tennis. Yes. <laughs> I actually wonder how like the regular people are gonna react to it because regular I kinda think that yeah. The normal non techy you mean or Yeah, non techy I don't get it. Non tech the, major- I mean, the, the, the majority of human beings on this the normals isn't that most people yeah, that have the iPhone right now? Muggles, yeah, right? I think the majority of people who have iPhones are normals. Yeah. There's more normal people in the world. That 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 Same. is true. Same <laughs> with Samsung devices. You're either a Samsung user or an iPhone user. That's right. Pretty much the bottom line. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Have you ever actually used fringe. a Samsung phone yourself? And I have, and a long time ago, I I decided I do not like the overlay that Samsung uses for their version of Android, mm-hmm. and it's just uh, I got used to the Nexus line of Android. Um, you know, the vanilla version of it and right. i've been stuck on it ever since oh, okay now iphone use have you ever used an iphone iphone i uh, use it for i've had one for like a month for my job years mm-hmm. ago mm-hmm. and um i got away from it because i saw that uh i just didn't like that i couldn't customize i think like back then when android was using widgets and stuff and i thought those widgets were useful on mm-hmm. your on your main screen and i couldn't do that on an iPhone, and I was like, yeah, no, I, I want to be able to customize things a little bit more. And when I fully got into Android and looking back at iOS, I realized more and more that I'm a, I'm a tinkerer. Mm-hmm. And, and I, this is back when rooting and ramen was all the rage and stuff. I used to love blowing up my phone and putting that together. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Now, for everyone, I mean, mo- most, most people who watch Twit know that you have a beast of a machine next to you. <laughs> So you're, you're not like you're not an iPhone user and you're not a Mac user. Um, you built basically built your own system, right? But the right. thing is, even though I don't use 
OS X or iOS, I always respect the hardware that's in, mm-hmm. that's in those machines. Apple, um, Apple's industrial design, number one, has just, has just been beautiful mm-hmm. for as long as I can remember. Um, the iMac and the way those things continue to get, uh, even thinner and they can crank out as much performance in those things without adequate cooling. It, it's, it's mind boggling. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite laptops is one that I don't own is the 2015 MacBook Pro. Uh, mm-hmm. that thing is probably the best one they've had from a aesthetic design and, um, just the way the keys felt mm-hmm. and the performance. Now, granted, they won't run worth of crap now for some <laughs> things, but <Yeah. laughs> I wish you could just put a new chip inside of those and put another, you know, 16 gigs of RAM inside of them and just go on about your day. Cause I do not like the, macbook pros of today yeah they would kill the market actually that 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 does the machine you just described that thing would basically like the windows machines laptops wise would not exist mm-hmm. because everyone would buy that thing yep i totally agree right totally agree. i'm right, a big cool. proponent of chromebooks mm-hmm. um i have one back there behind me that i use regularly and it's a quote-unquote underpowered chromebook but but the stuff that I like to do, it's it's very useful. Um, Is that the one you changed the screen on, right? I ch- yeah, I loved it so much. The screen busted on it. I ordered a new screen and put another screen in it. That's, wow, that's pretty so cool. you use it to write? Or to, what do you use it for? I use it for my writing, and I use it for some of my um, photo editing on there because I can oh. access Lightroom over the web, and there's also other tools out there such as Polar. Um, that allows you to, to process raw images. And then there's really? Photo P, which is a web version of, of, of a Photoshop clone oh. that is, it, it works really well. How do you spell polar? Mm-hmm. A P, a P-O-L-A-R? P-O-L-A-R-R, I believe. R. Okay. That's interesting. Okay, cool. Any, any final thoughts, Ty, on this, uh, the iPhone releases before we jump on to Google stuff? I don't get the 10R. You don't get the 10R? <laughs> I, I think, I think, no. you, I think you're going to realize at the end of the year that you will get the 10R. I get, I get the price point of it, but I'm more like, just keep the 10. Give it no, I think the 10 point. was too expensive to make. I, I think I honestly think that they couldn't get the price point done. Yeah. You know how Apple is Probably. all about the profit margins, guys. Come on. <laughs> you really don't get it? I, I, I really, I, I totally get it. I, the screen is exactly the same it. resolution as the screens we have on at the 8 and the 7 yeah. and any phone before the 10. True. And they got fancy colors. so that's gonna Right. So that's exactly up. why I get it. They have fancy colors. Like teenagers will get this one. Uh, yeah, I agree. As Christmas gifts. Yeah, the 10S is going to be the least sold. It's going to be the 10R and the 10S Max. Max. Yep. Yeah. I think most people will gravitate to those two phones. The Max because it's a bigger phone and the R because... It's cheaper, and it actually has nice colors. I give Apple credit. And you can still buy the 8. Mm-hmm. I, I give Apple credit. They do a, a good job of figuring out a way to, to market the people and just entice people to buy these things, regardless of what they already have in their hands or in their pocket. They just, whatever they're saying, or I don't know if it's subliminal messages or what, but t- uh, Clay, you said you had the 7, and you're going to wait. A lot of people could do that, but they mm-hmm. won't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I, me, I, I had the 7, I got the 10S, and, and then I gave him the 7. Yeah, because like, let me show you. Like, so I, I was uh, one of those people who used to upgrade every year, right? I well, I mean, I these guys call me the super Apple fanboy. And I tr- <laughs> I, I'm trying to battle that that image of me because I, it, it for me, it's like this. I use these things to do the work 
Like I, I like, you know, sometimes I do sort of my blogging on the go. I need my devices to work with me, not against me. Because Indeed. that stops you from actually creating and getting it done, right? Indeed. Right. So I was a six user, then went to six S, and then finally my wife she needed a better phone, and I said to, I, I went to change our batteries, and in the process of changing our batteries, I gave her my six <laughs> S and took her six, and that was sort of a frustrating experience, but it actually just it worked. And this year mm-hmm. I decided I was going to get the XR, the ten, the ten R, ten R. I was gonna get the ten R, <laughs> and then Dick surprises me. I just like I was jumping on to do a, a recording of Bubble Sort, and Dick surprises me with, "Hey, did you get, uh, did you get mail?" And I thought it was a present for my son. And my son is opening it up, almost drops the iPhone out of it, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what is that?" And he's like, "That's your, that's yours." <laughs> iPhone 7. This thing is awesome. is amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Mm, cool. Does he use a phone yet? No, not yet. But it, once he does, once he does, I'll just give him my Green iPhone 6. six. Yeah. 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 So, so you know, um, so I, 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 I'm still using a, a, a 2011 iMac uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying not to be one of these people who wants to ditch something that actually still works. I mean, I have an SSD in here. I have four terabyte drive, you know, that I use for my photography in here. Right. You know, yeah, it's what's the done. point? You're good. <laughs> right. Exactly. Has it broken down at any time? Never. It's, it's never broken down. And and the time when it actually was failing on me, I opened it up because, you know, this is one of these ones that you could still open up. Uh, Apple, please, the right to repair. Let's please you know jump on board mm-hmm. i i get that you're you've moved so far away from that but please like this the right to repair know. is the thing <laughs> we should be able to f- fix our devices jeez uh, all right let me Tesla. stop but uh wishful thinking i know wishful thinking i know i mean i you know i'm yeah. actually very very tempted and to actually build my own system i really am very tempted really am i guess you're thinking about a hackintosh right no i you know i don't want to mess around with something that's going to like potentially get broken later on i I, you know i i would just go windows because look i the the software i i use i will go into the software i use in a second when we talk about adobe but the software i use will works on windows so that's all that matters yeah right and the building the pcs is getting a lot cheaper now um mm-hmm. it was a little bit pricey there for a minute because of the the, the bitcoin miners bitcoin, yeah. driving up the price of graphics cards and right it's 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 definitely dropped now uh even the price of ram has come down within the last 30 days uh ssds are getting less expensive the graphics cards they started to come down right around march april mm-hmm. i believe because it was right after I put this thing together in February. So it really pissed me off and I overpaid. But, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's just timing. And yeah. I think if you can get into it, now is a good time because um, there's so much competition from the likes at AMD from a processor standpoint. So mm-hmm. they're going to keep Intel honest and give you an option to decide, you know, if you want to buy an Intel Core i7, Core i9 or what have you. Versus an AMD Ryzen, whatever they have, uh, you, you got plenty of options, and you don't have to spend a gazillion dollars to make a to get a machine that's going to give you op- optimal performance. Right, right. Yeah, I'm 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 very close to ten, to to doing it because I like I, I I really do love my iMac. I'm not gonna lie. It it is it's for me like I and I I loved my PowerBook a lot, but once this iMac came into my life, it was like wow. 
I, I am like in my mind, I said to myself, I'm a iMac user for life because it, it actually is exactly the way I want my system to be. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the amount of money that I'd had to pay, uh, pay on my iMac, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I could probably have a better cooled system and potentially the same speed for cheaper if I build it myself. Yep, you could. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll let you listeners know if I've taken the dive. <laughs> <laughs> so when will you go to Android? I, uh... <laughs> All right. So, let's, so Dick, your final thoughts, Dick, on, uh, on wow, the, the iPhone 10 release. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I mean, I get, I get it. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe I, I, I got one because I'm not a big fan of the notch. It's still annoying. Uh huh. We'll talk um, about. I'm also I'm also a second. Pixel user, so I have the Pixel two. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's my work phone. I had the Pixel one, and I, I I I tried to make that like my main phone, but it's more peer pressure, I think, <laughs> because <laughs> some girls they just want the blue bubbles, you know. <laughs> when you talk to them, <laughs> they just look down on you if you if you send a green bubble. <laughs> it's terrible. I know. Man, that is reality of life. That's one thing about Dick. He's honest. It's like it's, they're Texas. 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 Thank God we don't have that problem over here, though. I love it. By the way, you, you're, you, you guys are both in Texas. And Ant is in Texas as well, right? Oh, no. You're nowhere near <laughs> Texas, brother. I'm on the East Coast. Oh, you're on the East Coast? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. so why did I think you were in Texas? Nah, well, it's because I have this wonderful Southern accent. <laughs> You're not from Texas, though, are you? No, I'm not. I originally grew up in the upstate of South Carolina, and I currently live in a tiny town near Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, snap. Yeah, it would be pretty time. difficult to go to those Clemson games every weekend from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you are Dedication. a super Clemson fan. But, you know, hey, listen, if you te- live in Texas and you were a super te- Clemson fan, you'd, you'd make it happen. Mm. I-, I could. It, it would be a hard battle to fight with those crazy folks, but, yeah. <laughs> They take that stuff seriously. Yeah. Wow. Much, much respect. <laughs> All right, cool. So, Dick, you're actually liking the 10, uh, 10, 10 uh, gosh, 10, 10S. You like, you're yeah, liking the 10S. But now I'm looking at how, how cheap I could have got the, the 10R for. You're still within the return window, aren't you? I'm not sure. I think 14 I days. I, I need to double check. I think I got it on the 4th. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean... It is what it is. It is what it is. I like uh, gestures and stuff. Um, I, I, I don't use them that much. You talking about the? the it's it's getting uh, it's a lot to get used to. I mean, the the way you usually get to things is not the same as you know how mm. it was in the past. So mm, okay, no, like get to swipe from the top right corner to get your what's that launch pad or, or whatever. The you know when you swipe down from the bottom, uh-huh. what is that called, Clay? Oh, um, the. I don't know what you call it. Something center. App tray? No. It's like the notification. You mean the notifications? No, from the bottom, you get like. Oh, you mean Wi Fi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's sort of. Control center? Control center. That's what it was. Yeah. Control center. You got to do that from the corner now, top corner. And then usually when I try to swipe down from my notifications, I do that by accident and get the control center. Mm. Uh, This face recognition doesn't always work. And sometimes I'm just like staring into it like. Seriously, I'm not me. <laughs> <laughs> Are any of us us, Dick? I have, to, I have two looks. I have my one with glasses and no glasses. You, you can put two faces in there. You know that, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what he but, said. Right, right. <laughs> oh, so you actually did put two faces in there? I did. Oh, yeah. okay. And and it's sort of confused. Yep. Okay. Well, that sucks. That's fine. Do you have polarizing uh, glasses? To, to uh, Apple's credit. Mm-hmm. To, 
to their credit, they eight times out of 10, um, at least from from the outside looking in, they have their stuff together when it comes to getting the software to, to work and the hardware to work with the, the software. Unlike on the Google side, there's always some stupid bug. Oh, there's some um, bugs here. Uh, yeah. They're annoying. <laughs> they are annoying. There's a couple of times where I could not, I could not unswipe. I could not get past. I could not get to my home screen. Like it just, I had to turn off my phone. Yeah, I've heard oh, about geez. that. Yeah, geez. That, now that's yeah, a pretty serious one. That is serious. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's like a um a main uh, a primary function. Yeah, yeah, that's a little bad. Yeah. And you have no home button to sort of resort back to, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. That's what I. That's one thing I did like about legacy iPhones back in the days, and I used to actually suggest it to the consumers around here. Is you know, get an iPhone, get an Android phone, because an Android phone is going to be a little busier and have this and that and a little tinker and stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And if you screw up, it's a little hard to get out of your screw ups. At least back then it was. But right. with an iPhone, you always had that home button when you screwed up. Just yep. Let's yeah. go home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Anything else, Dick, about the iPhone uh, ten? Ah, oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, ten S. Yeah. I mean, the only thing about it is that you know you just have the latest iPhone. That's it. Mm. It feels cool, and and, and nothing. I, but you know, I'm not a heavy user, so I'm not good. I'm not a good person to give reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I haven't even taken many pictures with it. Even the camera's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I do like it. It's a dope camera. Do you get beautified too? Or no. Huh? Do you have the beautify problem? The beautify where it smooths, it, it, it smooths. I guess yeah. the the image too much. Yeah, huh. on, on I haven't noticed. Oh. I haven't noticed. Take a couple of selfies and see whether it looks weird or not. Really? Yeah. It's like a filter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you can't turn it off if you have it. Nope, I still look as ugly as normal. Uh, normal. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, Tosh. Any final thoughts about the iPhone uh, announcements? Well, no, no, nothing, um, I guess, too unexpected, um, you know, with, with those releases, but definitely not a price point that I can justify for myself. Mm-hmm. Are you going to, I know last time you said you might consider Android. Are you, are you looking? Um, not actively right now, but uh, still, that's still, uh, you know, I stand by that. Mm-hmm. I think the Android phones, phones coming out, um, are definitely appealing and uh, definitely in terms of uh, you know a value from a value perspective uh, definitely very interesting you know the OnePlus uh, phones and yeah all those true alright cool but that's really all I have to say about it yeah the names are dumb <laughs> the names are dumb that's uh... <laughs> and uh, and any, any final thoughts about uh, iPhones uh, and uh, any of the releases Apple did on the Last announcement. Good on you, Apple, for continuing to get people to buy in. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing doing something right. You know, it's unfortunate that uh, every every year, right about this time, about Q3, Q4, we'll start seeing all of the analysts talking about Apple being in trouble and don't know what the outcome is going to look like at you know the following years q1 q2 and every year when q1 q2 comes around when they do their earnings calls the earnings are through the roof and the shares are just continuing to climb it's just uh, it might really why are y'all even sweating apple they're doing something right just leave these folks alone <laughs> Jeez! Oh yeah, they're definitely doing something right. Yeah, every single year is the same story. Same old. Yep. It's like uh, it's like yeah. deja. It's like Groundhog's Day, right? <laughs> yeah, 
know. <laughs> they got a new event coming up too, right? So yes, Which, they have one in uh, Brooklyn. I believe it's for the iPad, right? Yeah, I think it was iPad. Maybe potentially Mac. The Mac Mini, right? Or or maybe Ooh. even um, Mac Pro. Who knows? I mean, I don't. I don't know. Mm. I'm pretty sure there's a preview of it out there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll tune in. I'll definitely tune in. Yeah. So Google had their Made by Google event, and I just want to cover just really quickly about the Pixel phones and the Slate. Actually, you know, Google can, continues to improve on their uh, on their their phones. I think I think The Verge had a title for one of their articles stating the the Pixel Three is basically Google releasing the same great camera with a better phone, <laughs> which is a cool title. Or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's like the camera, because the camera in the Pixel 2 is great. The camera it in the is. Pixel 3 is an improvement, I, I imagine, right? On what they did with the uh, what they did with the Pixel 2. A lot of it's with the uh, computational stuff, the, uh-huh. the, the AI that's, that's going in with the with the camera's processing. Mm-hmm. Um, hardware is not terribly different, but okay. it's just what they're doing. It's just what they're doing to make the final output, especially when it comes to the HDR on mm-hmm. it. Um and then you got the other bells and whistles as far as picking out the best shots and things like that. Um which is what Apple did last mm-hmm. year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um but it's 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 they're doing really good work with that. Um unfortunately the phone is too daggum expensive in my opinion. Just most phones are. <laughs> is it much more expensive than last year's Pixel 2, though? Or Because um, there wasn't a Pixel it's 2. It's not the same price. Still about the same pricing point, which was too daggum expensive. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it was, it's like 50 to... Well, I, don't, I don't remember. You know, if you want to get the higher-end specs or what have you, you're looking at you know, $700, $800. And I, I personally don't think a phone is worth that. I just don't. So you're $700, for the, the, the Pixel 3 or the XL 3? I think it was the XL 3 for the lower storage level, okay. I believe. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I used to say that, you know, a phone... Um, the phone is going to cost more over time because we don't have these subsidies anymore. But but now I'm I'm actually feeling that they're they've kind they've kind of gone a little bit out, just a tad bit out of range for what most people should be paying for a phone. I agree, yeah. I agree. And granted, as you were saying earlier, you you get devices devices because you want to be able to use them as tools to to work on your creativity and things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way, you know. When I got the original Pixel. Um, I remember my my first look review at it. Um, I kept telling people this thing costs too much. Don't don't get it right now. I I got it as an investment mm-hmm. um, because of the the stuff that I could do with it from a creative standpoint. Um, and I sort of regret that because I could have waited another four months and got it a lot less expensive. Mm-hmm. And then I got the Pixel Two because I got a deal on it. I don't remember what I paid, but I got a deal on it. Um, so I went ahead and got it before Christmas last year and i love what i can do with it from a creative standpoint but i'm not going to bite that same bullet this time i will wait until uh whatever phone carry out there decides to you know mark that thing down and and damn near give it away because uh, it's not that much of a difference from um what i can do with it versus the pixel 2 xl right so you, you just go to the carrier that has the best price on it you'll switch to them if I'm going to do the Pixel 3, that's my plan. I don't want to switch carriers. Um, 
but I'm pretty sure I want to stay on Android and I'm pretty sure I want to stay on vanilla Android. So mm-hmm. I will be, be looking at it far as, you know, who who's going to give me the better deal on it. And then what are my other contractual agreements far as phone lines and stuff like that? You know, but we'll see. But right now I'm not even thinking about that phone. It's just not even on my radar. You know, maybe by the spring I'll think about it. Right. Well, this is interesting though, because a couple of people already stated that, you know, Tosh said the iPhone is too pricey for his range and they're saying like the pixel is too expensive. Like what would be a good, you know, price point for a phone like a Pixel 3 500. or an iPhone XS? You give me 500 bucks, I, I can live with that. Yeah. I, I, I think that's reasonable considering the price of hardware. Those motherboards, you know, circuit boards in these phones are not that expensive. They're they're not. They're not going to prove to me that they are. The LCDs and OLEDs and all of that, they're not that expensive either. Um, the the magic happens with the software that's on there. And yes, developers need to be paid. So I get that. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just the operating system. The rest of the experience that you're getting from it uh, is a direct connection between you and your mobile carrier because of your signal. Mm-hmm. And the apps that you actually choose to use on top of that operating system, because it, that's what, what, what you care about is, does this app work today when I go to fire it up and, and execute this task or go and want to, to have some fun with the images or whatever? That's, that's, that's what matters the most. I and mean, I, I think these, mm. these OEMs are just charging way too much. So I'm thinking, you know, $500 is really, reasonable but this thousand dollar phone stuff no and when apple boasted about their latest phone having this huge percentage of recycled parts um as part of the build that that just blew my mind because i'm like if it's recycled then why the hell is it still a thousand dollars you know <laughs> oh, that's funny you know so, but that's yeah. uh, that's just my perspective. I'm I'm a crotchety old dude, so sorry. <laughs> this kind of reminds me of um, a song by uh, The Fly of the Concords. Uh-huh. Don't know the title, but it's about sort of societal issues. And one of the issues they they touch on is um, why are sneakers so expensive when they use child slaves to make them? What are your overheads? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, so true. that's very true. Damn. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Tosh? I asked you the same question. Yeah, th- th- that's kind of tough to say. Um, definitely, like the eight hundred, like thousand dollar or more phones that we're seeing these days. That that seems crazy excessive to me. Um, I, I guess it, it kind of depends on what kind of a user you are. I think for you know your run of the mill um, phone user like uh, maybe a price that you can justify might be, you know, between three and $500. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas for someone mm-hmm. who really seriously uses, you know, f- the phone for productivity or creativity, um, you know, you see actual, um, you know, people like, um, for instance, the internet that actually use the, the phone, you know, the built in apps of the phone to actually compose and to produce, there you can definitely justify like uh no an eight hundred dollar markup but um yeah for, for me personally I, I yeah i find it hard to say what like a, a justifiable price for a phone would be 
it's definitely not going to be based on you know the actual parts that go in there as as Ant kind of touched on uh yeah it's it's i guess about the intended juice mm-hmm. mm. true yeah, well D- dick is okay with the price because he paid it <laughs> well <laughs> to be clear huh? uh, this is the most i've paid for a phone but i've paid 550 for it. oh that's sweet yeah hook me up <laughs> okay well all right we do no arguments here <laughs> <laughs> that's for the s but i just found out i could have got the the 10r for like 300 yeah but you know honestly 550 is a phenomenal price i think actually like now that you tell That's me it's sad that we feel that way <laughs> but Dick, i used to remember i bought a six i bought a six straight out like i remember i used to pay straight up for my phone i have i have prepaid plans right so i buy my phone straight out because i pay nothing per month for my phone bill yeah. and so i bought my six i bought it for like 650 and i bought my 6s for six or oh, seven fifty or something like that, right? So I'm I'm used to paying for my phones outright, and so if you tell me you paid five fifty, I'd be like, hey, which corner do I need to stand on to make the money, and where right. do I pay it? <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> seriously. I mean, come on. <laughs> and what exactly would you be doing on this corner to make the money? <laughs> Anything <laughs> necessary <laughs> for that phone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, I'm actually being dick right now. Wait a second. That, that's Dick's line. <laughs> you could have gone two directions. You could have been uh, selling stuff, and you could have been selling yourself. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but 550 is phenomenal, Dick. I mean, wow. Yeah. Now, the um, Google Pixel, the regular one, 3 has no notch. It looks. It, it actually looks really good. Like, just looking at a phone that is very much a lot of screen and no notch looks really good uh, the pixel xl pixel xl 3, why why did it go with this name pixel xl it's th- 3xl right 3xl like a picture is it pixel 3xl or is it pixel xl 3 i think it's 3xl pixel 3xl oh it's pixel 3xl okay the pixel number for then the size okay it makes perfect sense, Clay. It makes more sense it saying it that way. I say Pixel XL three, which sounds yeah. dumb. Why would you do that? I don't know. I don't know. Because that's because how it's Apple a, it's says a Pixel it. three. <laughs> and what size is it? XL. Yeah. Well, I see. Yeah, I guess. So that notch, though. <laughs> what is up with that notch? Why is it that? Why is it that like high? And it's, it doesn't even have face recognition in there. I'm not gonna have notch conversations anymore. Okay. I know I brought it up earlier. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. I was just about to say like, yeah. Okay, Ty, Ty, you're the one who was hating on the notch on the iPhone. I st- Give me I your. I still hate the notch. I hate the notch on this thing too. Why? Why, why is it so big? Like, is did they, did they give a reason for why it's so deep or so high or? I have a theory, Clay. Okay, what's your theory, Dick? Because. Now that you have all screen phones, yeah. I think that's why I iPhone put the notch there because it also just look like another full screen phone. And now that Apple has put the notch, that's that's what's cool. That's what every phone needs to have, and they just want to be a little different, so they just didn't make it yeah. the same. So they said, "Let's go deeper," because <laughs> if you go if you go any wider, then you just have a straight up bar at the top. You don't have no no well, just like another phone. So. You can only go deeper. You know, maybe it has to do with like the two cameras in the loudspeaker. That might be it. But like, I still hate the notch. It doesn't look flattering. 
Sucks. The one in the sixty might actually look interesting. Wait, no. <clears throat> I hate the notch. It does if it's if it's for an actual function, then fine. But we were fine without the notch, so why put in the notch? <laughs> I'm asking it's you. It's all about innovation. Innovation. <laughs> Yeah, what kind of innovation? I, I can't see the innovation. That's oh, it looks ugly. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's the only way you're going to be able to get stuff like that. That face scan, you know, and if you want to have face scan and you want to have a quote unquote bezel-less design, that is such a big buzzword. Yeah. Um, that's the only way it's going to happen from an engineering standpoint, well, industrial design standpoint. Um, yeah, but why? But why you didn't have to notch it out. That's the point, though. I think. You know, you could just put that stuff there, and <laughs> yeah, but then you lose two hundredths <laughs> of an inch on your screen. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> and true. that is a big yeah. selling point. It is. I. I it is. But uh, yeah, actually, it is because that, and I the thing it was about a that, tough call for them, you know, like it's terrible. I I, 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 I just think that they shouldn't have made it as deep. <laughs> it's terrible. I love it. <laughs> uh, if they made it uh, like less deep, then it would maybe look a little less obtrusive. But still, it looks uh, uh, no, no, no. The one thing I do like is that they're going to turn on the feature to have the 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 two ears be the same color as the notch, which is something I think the I, the, the iPhone should do. Oh, okay. I think they Steve Jobs is 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 like turning in his. Uh, Cryogenic chamber. Oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> cryogenic chamber. <laughs> you know he's not like in underground. Why would he? No. Uh, are, you, are you implying that they're going to resurrect him at some point? <laughs> they're preserving this man's brain. Yeah. Wait, isn't they he? Isn't he a Buddhist? Then didn't, didn't he? Did he get cremated? I'm not sure actually. But he's. I mean, no, maybe. Okay. I don't know. No All idea. Right. <laughs> All right. Cool. So Dick, um, you you have a notch. This notch. You you accept notches. You don't like it, but you accept it, right? Yeah, I mean, okay. Get the job done. I actually, I, I bought the phone because because the, uh, the notch. Like, I, I want to be cool. <laughs> right. So and the blue bubbles. Yes, and the blue and the bubbles. Blue bubble. Yeah, it's Can't all about those. the ladies. <laughs> but for see for work, I'm productive and I use the Pixel. But uh, when I'm out socializing, wow. I want to have the. I'm not poor phone. Wow, <laughs> that's how they look at you, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I've, I've tried it. I've had, I've used the top of the line Samsung. I've used the Pixel, and they're like, uh, "Why do you not have an iPhone?" I don't know. I don't want your number. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Tosh, thoughts on the notch? Um, so I guess it, I need to go one step back. Like the reason why the notch is there is to you know be able to have that bezel-less design, and I'm not sure that I'm completely on board with that trend. Mm. I, I actually like having a bezel <laughs> on my phone. It, it yeah, might probably here. also because of the fact that I'm used to it, but there are some advantages to it, just from an you know an ergonomic standpoint. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, me too. I actually do agree. And you know, it, it also allows you to you know go go a little bit farther with the hardware you know in terms of speakers and that sort of stuff you know you had the HTC phones mm-hmm. that had the best speakers out of any phone huge bezels but it was definitely worth it boom sound yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah exactly but like okay like say the 8 right those bezels she can shrink them a little bit though but mm-hmm. no tiny bezels I'm cool with that just make it proportional mm-hmm. that's the only thing I want <laughs> Proportional. 
symmetry. Mm -hmm. right. All right, cool. And final thoughts for you, for you, bezel. I mean the uh, what do you call it? Uh, notch. I don't even care. It's 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 <laughs> it's there. It's it's a part of it. There's nothing I can do about it other than you know either support it or not support it financially. Mm -hmm. Um, I I I don't care. It's not as big a deal to me. Um, there's it some things be. I just don't see uh, when it comes to the technology and stuff that we use. Some some things I just don't see. Really, really, dog, you're going to start barking right now? <laughs> he doesn't like the notch. Jeez. <laughs> He's like, really? You're going to say you don't care? <laughs> but, that's but that's the right reaction right there. Because yeah, you know what? If, if people didn't make an issue of it, it would not be an issue. Right. Yeah, at the end of the day, we're going to have to deal with it. You know, because probably next year you won't be able to buy a phone without a notch. So. Yeah, it's just the next um, evolution when it comes to these these phone designs. You know, we've mm -hmm. we've gone from the the slide out, we've gone to clamshell, and then we've gone to the the candy bar now, and button, single button, no button, fingerprint scanner here, fingerprint scanner there, and it's just the continued evolution of OEMs trying to uh, differentiate themselves from the other ones to, to pick up in that market market share. Yep. Yeah. But like question for you guys, mm -hmm. like I was thinking about it and like why? Because the thing is with the iPhone, with the OnePlus, uh, with a lot of phones, I cannot use it without a case because for me, it's way too slippery. But like back in the days, like for instance, the BlackBerry Bold, it had like given it was faux leather, but you know, it was grippy stuff. Uh even going further, like the Nokia's and stuff like that, they were easy to hold. Mm -hmm. Also, didn't respond uh, too badly to being dropped on the floor. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> that too. Yeah. I don't have a case of mine. Really? I know, right? Wow, brave man. I feel like I'm I'm raw dogging the world every day, like taking chances. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh -huh. Raw dog in the world, he says. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, if I cracked it, then. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Hilarious. Hilarious. Oh, uh, wow. But I, I guess, the, the you know, all of those glass backs are, are, are there also to support wireless charging, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So I guess it's a necessary evil. Before that, the iPhone didn't support wireless charging it was still i still use wired charging slippery i use both because mm -hmm. if i want to use my phone when i'm charging it needs to be yeah connected unless you want to hover over a pad <laughs> nope <laughs> <laughs> no, it was interesting though since i have the one plus my charging habits have changed dramatically in what way like with the iphone i used to plug it in at night leave it overnight right and take it out now i wake up in the morning plug plug my phone in Take my shower, get ready, plug, and <laughs> take my phone out of the charger, and it's ninety percent charged. Mm. So because you have fast charging, yeah, like in thirty minutes, I get fifty percent. Like, That's pretty cool. In the end, it's probably yeah. better for the battery too. That's as opposed what they to leaving say. it on overnight. Yeah, you know, it's that's we have so much conflicting information about battery technology. It's it's almost like magic. <laughs> we we don't know. <laughs> yeah, I say the same thing. And I, I just, I just give up trying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Same. I've destroyed, uh, like with my drones, um, 
you know, the batteries with those are they're lithium polymer, so it's a whole different uh, compound, if you will, and, and volatile mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're not careful. And I'm destroyed. It, it, it catches fire. Was that? Did it catch fire? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Wow. And I've destroyed I don't know how many of those things because I was, you know, trying to learn the, the, the better way to charge them and heck, just the better way to discharge them. You know, it, there was one, at t- one time I over discharged, quote unquote. Really? And I and I couldn't bring it back to life with the with the charge because I flew to the quad too long. Wow. Hmm. You know, Did the quad like fall? That. Oh yeah. It, oh, well, it, well, no, not that particular time. It would, I could tell it was slowing down. It was oh. just losing power. Yeah. And, um, I just kept going. I was like, I just want to fly it till it dies and shouldn't have done that, you know? Oh, wow. Really? Speaking of drones, people should go check out. You, you still have to wait, huh? Let me ask how does Instagram TV work? When you put a video on Instagram TV, does it stay mm-hmm. there? It's not like a twenty-four hour thing, right? It's it's up there. Okay, it stays forever. IGTV is a, is like YouTube. essentially another way of YouTube. YouTube. Okay, gotcha. So you got people mm-hmm. should go check. I should put a link. I'll put the link in the show notes. Of the drone video, that one where you're sitting at the at the uh, the, the on a rock with the the drone. Uh, you know, you know, is oh, that wow. you were holding a you were holding a controlling hand there, right? Oh yeah, I took a little. I guess you can call it like a drone fee. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was out shooting, um shooting the river that day, but um I said, Well let me put the drone out there while I'm shooting and I said, Huh, this would be a cool shot. Snap and just went from there. Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Um I actually need to explore more of the IGTV, but uh again, like we all know I suck at video. <laughs> don't don't beat yourself up, man. It's true. It's fact. And my accent. Somewhere. People, the people, people always wonder what the heck. Is, what did he say? Clay, you do audio now. That's strictly accent. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. All right, cool. I asked everyone about their final thoughts about the notch, right? Yep. All right, let's let's <laughs> let's uh, the notch. We're gonna lay, we're gonna lay that puppy to, to rest. Yes, that horse is laid in the puppy's. I don't know, whatever. Um, Adobe. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that horse is glue. The horse is glue. You still want to talk about a slate or? Uh, oh, uh, no. Do you guys have any thoughts on the slate? I, oh, the only thought that I have about these kinds of tablets is there must be a better way to use it. You know, with a keyboard standing up. Okay. Yeah. Because oh, you know, with all of those uh, Windows tablets as well, it just looks a little bit goofy. Mm. The kickstand, like this, yeah, this sort of almost laptop look, but not really pulling it off. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think they're trying to make it a thing. That's the thing. Yeah, I, I will say when I when I was using a MacBook Pro with the keyboard, I I loved it when I was at a at a desk or something. But the second you try to use it like a laptop, it it falls down. It sucks. So my iPad Pro, yeah, MacBook iPad Pro. Pro? No, I had an iPad Pro. I gave it to my son, but I had an iPad Pro with the keyboard, and I, I loved that. I loved the experience. I really did, and it was it was lovely having a keyboard that was as, as I mean that keyboard felt good compared to what I guess most keyboards feel like on new laptops made by Apple. I guess it had a great feel to it, but uh, that whole angle and the whole trying to use it on your on your lap, it's not a laptop. <laughs> it's. <Yeah. laughs> I would I would enjoy having one, but I I wouldn't be able to use it on my on physical lap. I would use it on a on a table or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. The thing that intrigued me about it is it's Chrome OS, which is something I'm totally used to dealing with because we all use a Chrome browser. Mm-hmm. And then you get the option of having a stylus with it. And wow. as I mentioned earlier, I use my Chromebook for some of my creative work. And now you're telling me I can use a stylus with, with Chrome OS. Um, stylus is part of my editing workflow mm-hmm. every single time. Which style, mm-hmm. which stylus are you using? I have a Wacom tablets okay. that I use um, for brushing things. Uh, no, they're a couple years old. My, I know my travel one is a couple years old, but they're just standard um, pen tablets yeah. and these little things that come with them. And, you know, oh, and I do have a Cintiq back there, but I barely use it. Oh, it wow, really? Be, it seems to be a little cool. underpowered here nowadays, but it might be something that I'm doing wrong. Cintiq. I've always wanted one of those. And then when I got the iPad and I did the whole, um, um, you know how you can use your iPad as a, a, a tablet for your for the Mac? Yep. I, I, you know, I'm like, man, I this would really fly for me, especially if you're using Photoshop, you know? Yeah, and that's when I use the Cintiq, I use it more so um, if I want to work on someone's headshots. Mm-hmm. It, it lets me be a little more immersive with the headshots because, you know, depending on the client, they want blemishes moved or, you know, stuff like that. And that Cintiq lets me get in a little bit more right. versus this screen here. Now, granted, my screen right here is, I like it. It's nice, but mm-hmm. that thing back there is a little more immersive. Okay. Well, the screen you're using with your system is 4K? No, it's um, what do you call it? Two HD, okay. twenty five sixty by fourteen forty. Okay, so that's like two. That's like that's double ten eighty p. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Two K. Yeah, two K. That's it. Well, I can think of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Any any other final thoughts on the slate? I think it's interesting. With... Yeah, yeah. It looks looks interesting. It, it's not it's not cheap though, is it? It's it's no, around it's the... not no far from. So it's like the surface. Yeah, it's up there. It's about six hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. But again, you're getting um, detachable keyboard and a touch interface, and a uh, you can add on a stylus with it. It's a lot in that package. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty comparable. Other than you're not getting a quote unquote Windows operating system or anything like that, you're getting Chrome OS. But if you're a power user that has to have your Office docs, there is Office 365, which now works pretty daggum good on a uh, Chrome OS at one time. It wasn't. Mm. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, cool. All right. Let's uh, jump into Adobe max, uh, 2018 mm. Adobe, the big, the big 800 pound gorilla in the room. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you went to this event and yep. by the way, first question, did, did you come back with a cold? No, because it wasn't Vegas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you if got a cold. We went Vegas, to Vegas. If it was in Vegas, I would come back with the Vegas flu, almost a guarantee. Yeah, that happened to me too. Happens to me too. Is that mm-hmm. like a thing? It is a thing. It is. 100% I thought it was the escorts, but it's just a, <laughs> just a thing. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Every, okay. Just about every single time I've gone to CES and gone to Vegas uh, for other things, it's I've come back just slightly under the weather. Um, hey, but one time I collapsed. In the uh, Atlanta airport, coming back from CES, I had a layover in Atlanta one night, and the last thing I remember was looking at someone's black trousers, like looking at like wow, really the pants leg. And, wow! And um, I woke up in the hospital, and really, and apparently I had the flu. I knew wow. I wasn't feeling well, but apparently I had the flu, and then had gotten dehydrated and all of that, and 
And um, wow. So I stayed serious. there overnight and um, flew back home the next morning. Wow. You know, but it's Vegas flu is no joke, man. It's it's real. It's you real. hear about it on the yeah. Twitter no, no, space no, no, and it, stuff like that. It's real. I can tell you. I've experienced it. I thought it was coincidence, but yeah, it's a thing, <laughs> man. Wow, that's crazy. So Adobe Max, um, you were there. Uh, we you were there basically for the whole. The whole how long is it? Uh, it's usually three days, mm-hmm. and I was there all three days. I got there uh, Sunday um, to try to you know get myself ready for it, and then I left early morning the day of um, the last day. Okay. No, a day after the last day. The day yeah. Okay, I was there the whole time. Yeah. Um, it's it's a. I think people are sleeping on Adobe from a um, enterprise standpoint. Mm-hmm. They are they're a massive company. And they got their hands in a lot of different different um, cookie jars, if you will, not just stuff for for creative artists, you know, not just for for film, video, or, or photography. They're they're curious about a lot of other things out there, and you know, AR is the the next big next big thing that they're curious again about, and they're always using their own AI mm-hmm. um, and machine learning and whatnot to try to help make their products better, and and, and I, I totally dig the fact that they're they are aware of all of these different technologies out there, and they're trying to just jump on and, and say, "Hey, we want we want a piece of this pie too." Right. Mm. What's what stood out the most for you when you were at this event? Like, what what actually, you know, if if you were to tell someone the one thing that really stood out for you, what what was it? The way Adobe is trying to make things available to any and everybody. Um, Granted, they have a lot of products out there that are um, pretty robust and can cost a, a, a pretty penny. <laughs> but do they but, still sell them individually? Well, Not yeah, they still alone. sell, in the, but they're but they're subscription, subscription based still. Right. They're still a subscription based. I think the cheapest oh. plan um, you can get as a non-student is nine ninety nine. That's the cheapest that's thing correct. they have, right? Right. That's correct. Nine ninety nine. Nine ninety nine per month. Ten dollars per month. Mm-hmm. And. Um, um, but I like that they're trying to bring things to people of, of all levels, you know, with with the creative cloud as far as Lightroom is now Lightroom CC. Um, they still have their standalone Lightroom CC classic that most photographers are used to using as a digital asset manager. But you have Lightroom CC that can work on your computer, your laptop, uh, laptop tablet, mobile phone, what have you. And all of that, your assets can sync across those devices. Um, and then they decided to jump into video and, and making it, you know, stem off of the same look and feel of Lightroom CC by introducing Premiere Rush. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not as powerful as Premiere Pro, but there's still some things in there that a beginner videographer can dive into and just knock it out on their iPad, knock it out on their on their computer or what have you and and get some decent looking content out there. Mm-hmm. Granted it's still version 1.0, so there's a few things that I've found in there um that don't work what as well. What kind of things? Uh there's a couple couple functions in there as far as with your timeline um when I'm working on a video edit, I'll have my timeline going going along or whatever, and I'll come to a particular clip and I'll think, no, I don't want to use that just yet, but I do want to keep it. So I will drag it all the way out to the end of my timeline mm-hmm. like a little placeholder mm-hmm. and I'll continue with my edit. And when I'm ready to grab that, I'll just bring it right back over and place it where I need it to go. 
I haven't been able to do that with Rush just yet. Mm. I cut something off and drag it, and it immediately tries to snap it back. Mm. Um, yeah. You have the ability to add titles and, and motion graphics inside of Rush, um, but when you move those titles and motion graphics around on your timeline, they tend to latch on to whatever clip that they're over. Mm. And you go to move them around and that whole section tries to move with it. And I'm like, no, I don't want everything to move. Right. You know, yeah. but I brought that to their attention and, um, premier gal, she brought it to their attention as well. So that's something that they'll look at. Mm-hmm. I make motion graphic templates, um, fairly regularly. And ideally I should be able to use those across any, any device that I'm on because of the creative cloud libraries. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, with Premiere Rush, I can't use any of the templates that I created inside of After Effects, mm. at least not yet. Oh, really? So now I have to go back and redo those templates inside of Premiere Pro if I want to use them in Rush. Okay, okay. But that's, again, that's version 1.0 stuff that I, I can mm. deal with. For the most part, people that are wanting to get started with YouTube or Instagram stories or just Instagram feeds in general mm-hmm. is pretty solid. It, it's, it's pretty solid and it's fairly intuitive. I just had to get out of the mind that I'm not in Premiere Pro. You know, I, right. it's, I was double clicking on stuff and I'm like, stop double clicking. It's not <laughs> for that. You know, it's for a touch screen. There's yeah. no double clicking in a touch screen. So I had to stop and think about stuff like that. Um, and, some of the shortcuts that I'm used to doing on the keyboard. Yeah. Most of the shortcuts are there, but every now and then something wouldn't be there and I had to get out of my brain. But it has an the audio editor that's built in, they're using the engine from Adobe Audition. Mm. And I gotta tell you, just the noise reduction inside of that is way easier than what I would have to do inside of Audition. It's right. literally one slider and it's it's pretty freaking good. So it's using it's the, some sort of machine learning type of algorithm. Right. Ah, right. Because okay. yeah, I tested it out using um, things recorded with my phone without yeah. my external mic, using my condenser and things like that, just to play around with it. And it, it would crush it. You know, I just say, hey, I need this background noise removed, move this slider and it's gone. Wow. wow. Just beautiful. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, you were on the beta for that, right? To a certain extent. Okay. Um, yes, I'm an Adobe customer, but because I am press, they didn't want to give me, give it to me just yet. I had oh, to okay. wait a little while. Yeah. And I, 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 I laughed about it because I was waiting and waiting. And finally, I just reached out to a couple of my contacts over there. And I was like, hey, bro, what's the deal? You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> I said, can, can y'all just, uh, you know, can you push an email out to somebody you yeah. know, something? <laughs> and so they did and they got back to me and they said, yeah, we see it, but you're also press, <laughs> you know, so we have to wait for yada, yada, yada. And I was yeah. like, okay, I'll wait. So I got it a little bit later, but I still enjoyed the, the, the time that I got for the beta before the uh, production, production version came out. So but, but between the time of the beta that you got and the production, there wasn't much that changed then yet. I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. It's pretty close to the same. Um, some things in the UI shifted a little bit from the beta. Right. Um, but it, it's, it's pretty close to the same. Okay. Yeah. I, I used to be on the, um, I, you know, I, I was a Lightroom user and I was basically from the beta. 
And Adobe is really good at sort of building on something based on experience and based on feedback. And so yeah. I, 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 I'm pretty sure this is going to be the product that most people are going to want to use in the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. right? I, I think so too, right? again, because it's cross-platform and um, you can get it standalone as a $10 a month application. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's just intuitive because it's, it's, it's letting you look at it from a touch standpoint. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Ty, you were saying something? Yeah, I tried to sign up for the beta as well. Didn't get into oh, it. Okay. But I did try uh, Rush. What'd you think? Mm, well, the desktop version didn't work for me. Oh. But it has something to do with drivers or something like that. Okay. <laughs> Some instructions I, I didn't want to follow. <laughs> <laughs> No, I actually installed it, but it still didn't work. Uh, but let's just chuck it up to being version one. Yeah. But is it something you would consider using, um, you know, for work when you're on the go and need to edit something quickly? I would. That's that's the main reason why I checked it out, because we actually do use, like, iMovie on the iPhone, LumaFusion on the iPhone, mm -hmm. and stuff like that and i really wanted to see like how would rush be right because well even if it's version one it has to be better than iMovie <laughs> I'd, I'd still put luma ahead of it right now oh based yeah you on do. some of the things i've seen with luma yeah um i'm not an ios user but i've had been able to dabble here and there with stuff like that but i would i would put luma ahead of it right now still yeah definitely luma fusion is ahead of it luma fusion is a 20 dollar app yep and that's it. Like, in a way, I kind of want Adobe to sort of try to tackle those apps with something a little bit more palatable price-wise. Like, let's say if they say instead of nine ninety nine standalone, give it to a, mm -hmm. give it to us for three ninety nine to five ninety nine standalone. Yeah, and I think they would do well. Yeah, but they've already put their their flag in the ground and said, you know what, we're we're not going to do that. And and I believe a lot of it is because of the 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 cloud stuff, the cloud syncing. Mm. Um, and they, you get all, you get storage when you buy these things and whatnot. And I think that's part of the, the cost. Um, cause that was mentioned after the keynote, we had a quote unquote press only press conference with the executives. And that was one of the first questions to come up. Um, and this guy from Europe, he, he was pretty adamant about it. And he's like, you all are always talking about democratizing creative software, he says, uh -huh. but everybody don't want a subscription, you know? And the Adobe executives politely said, you know what, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> that's that. There's the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, rush and Luma fusion are hard to compare mm -hmm. because Luma fusion looks more like premiere yeah. than it does, uh, Rush. Yeah. Right. And Rush kind of looks like iMovie more. Yep. But certain things still don't work to my liking in terms of like um uh put an example like uh the term J and L cuts, y'all familiar with that? Say it again. again. J and L cuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the cuts trying are not do, quite the same. Yeah, and trying to do that, like for instance, like having two clips and putting B roll between it and J and L cut those and while keeping it doesn't really work. Nope. And that was discussed too. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's the main thing I miss on it. I, I get that. It's not as future rich as premiere and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But like 
those kind of things i i'm able to do it on iMovie i really want wanted to be able to do that on rush right mm-hmm. you know? okay but but they'll get there yeah yeah if you know seeing what they did with lightroom and where they came from with lightroom where they are now trust me i know they'll do it it it'll i think the future for them definitely is is touch eventually it'll be like touch first adobe will be like a touch first company touch no you don't think so touch is going to be big but i don't think it's their their biggest um Exactly. Uh, Apple to bite on uh, right now. I personally think AI integration is is their big focus right okay. now because everything that they're putting out there has some form of Adobe Sensei in it. And just in the last two years, um, they continue to to put little little snippets of stuff, and it's it's been getting better and better and better. Um, you know, I look at Premiere Pro. And there are times when I shoot some footage, I'll shoot something with a, with a DSLR or what have you, and I'll shoot something with the Pixel, and it's the same project. Right. And so, you know, both of those cameras have different color signs to mm-hmm. them. And so when I go and do my, put everything together for a final output, I have to match up the freaking color on them, you know, and the white balance is going to be a little bit warmer on this one, it's a little <laughs> bit cooler on that one, and... I've yeah. been able to fix that in the past, you know, but it was tedious. And now Adobe's AI says, you know what? Let us fix that for you. You split the screen. It says, okay, this is the one I wanted to look like. And this is the one that isn't there yet. Fix that. You hit the button. Boom. Wow. It doesn't. Really? Yeah. It actually works pretty well. That's pretty cool. I tried it once and I was like, Hey, wow. Magic. You know, that, but it's a little hard to find in the beginning, though. Right. And then, you know, stuff like within Photoshop. Um, I remember when they when they brought out the, the select subject feature, because doing selections in Photoshop, I, I don't care how long you've been using a pen tool or <laughs> selection. It still takes freaking time. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you need it when you're dealing with people, especially when you're dealing with women with hair. Yeah. And you want to cut them out of the image to put them in something else. The, just getting around the hair is just the, just so time consuming. But Adobe does a lot of that heavy lifting for you with that select subject. And, and it's just one freaking click. Mm-hmm. You know, there's little stuff like that. It's, it's just telling me that they're getting getting things right and they're taking feedback from the community because the feedback is we want a lot of these repetitive tasks to 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 get pushed out of the way to help speed up the jobs. Because if you can speed up your, your workflow and get these jobs done faster, mm-hmm. you can get more jobs. Yeah. You know? And so and that's, that's what matters at the end of the day for, for a creative is, uh, yeah, I love what I'm doing, but if I'm going to get paid to do what I, what I love doing, I want to be able to, to get more jobs in and just keep growing and keep growing. I don't right. want to spend additional time trying to manipulate skin tones <laughs> you know because yeah. we all know that can be difficult when yeah. you're dealing with 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 caucasian skin versus versus uh people of color and, right. and it, it's it's a challenge yeah true all right cool so i dick you haven't you haven't looked much into what has been announced at adobe right any anything that no. stood out you have a creative cloud license uh, right dick yeah i i use it regularly for um I use still use Photoshop and Illustrator, uh, and what is it? Acrobat DC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mostly for work stuff. But anybody that knows me from my design days, that sometimes needs something, and I still do some some stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Cool. Dosh, anything? Well, you know, in terms of, uh, I, I use Photoshop and Illustrator, but I've been stuck on, you know, CS5. <laughs> That I've just had, you know, yeah. lying around. Yeah. So I haven't been be really been up to the latest that uh, Adobe has to offer. But you know, hearing all this, it's pretty, uh, pretty fascinating stuff. So, well, might, you can uh, use my affiliate link if you want to get Adobe and Photoshop <laughs> for ten dollars a month. Just head on over to antpruitt.com. <laughs> <laughs> Do you awesome. have a you have you have an affiliate link there, right? Yeah, right. there's a we'll, we'll there's a banner on my website. There's a link on, on your right. website. Might check it out. Yeah. Do you have a bit? You, sh- you should form a bitly, a bitly, a bitly short code. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll put it. I'll put that in the show notes. So all the sure. listeners go use that. Use that code. Get your. Uh... Why are my dogs barking? Dead. They Shut agree up! with you. Yes. Use use your affiliate link. <laughs> 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 all right. Cool. All right. Any any final thoughts about Adobe Max? Um, Ant, you were there. Um. Just just keep your eye on what Adobe's doing because they, they don't just announce this stuff um at Adobe Max. They'll they'll do incremental updates throughout the year. I I've last year it seems like it ramped up for me. I would get these virtual press conferences that I would attend and and they just keep saying, Hey, this is coming down the pipe and so so be ready. Mm-hmm. Um I plan on discussing some other stuff. Uh, over on techrepublic.com I have at least two more things that I wanted to share um, but yeah just don't sleep on Adobe they're 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 really digging in on this stuff mm-hmm. really digging in okay cool cool Ty Ty any final thoughts Ty uh oh I watched the whole Mac well the first presentation I, I didn't have time to watch the mm-hmm. second one but uh it was interesting you know a lot of interesting stuff uh, for me, main, I mainly use Premiere. And they had some interesting stuff on Premiere, especially for like the color science and stuff like that, and like the new color, the curves. Yeah, exactly. The curves; those were interesting. You know, and uh, I already heard about Rush. You know, uh, I knew it was out, and I was really looking forward to Rush being something really that we something we could use. Mm-hmm. For now, not so much, but I bet in like maybe six months to a year, they will definitely get it. And too bad it's not out for Android. Nope, not yet. (sighs) (laughs) Not yet. I I asked the guy on IBC, like, when will it come to Android? He said, "Uh, wait till Max. Maybe you'll hear something soon. But. Nope, 2019 has been the standard yeah. answer, and I joke with Miss Danielle. I said, "So, um, December 30th, 2019, or, or what?" You know? <laughs> <laughs> Makes a difference. Exactly. You know, like, when is it? Like, you know, she got all mm. tight-lipped on me on that one. So, just let me know. But also, another question I, I asked of them is a web interface. Um, that's clearly doable as a as a web app. Mm. Um, because of yeah. the way they use Creative Cloud and creating proxy files in the back end for if you're using uh, high-resolution footage like UHD or 4K. So this could very easily be done in the cloud and used on something like a Chromebook as well. Mm. That that would be interesting indeed, yeah. especially for Rush. But again, they gave me the tight lip. <laughs> you know, apparently, it's on the, it's on the, the, the storyboards for them, but... It just wouldn't give me a hmm. definite answer just yet. Ah, yeah. And like 
especially for like Android project rush would mean they would be the leading app in my point of view in terms of video editing. Mm. Yeah. On the Android Eric, side, definitely. Yeah. Because Android, unfortunately, is kind of lacking in that. Respect. Right. Right. No, the only option out there is Kinemaster. Um, yeah. but it will nickel and dime you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It will nickel and dime Sadly you. Sadly so. So I'll let them go. <laughs> if Luma Fusion would be on Android, it would be, oh. Yeah. I would pay 20 bucks. Fine. Let's go. All right. Dick, any final thoughts, Dick? No. I just thought it was interesting yeah. uh, to hear what all happened. Mm-hmm. It's new. Cool. Tosh, any final thoughts? No, no. But uh, yeah, definitely interesting stuff. All right, so before we jump into Music Corner, um, Dick, you're going to jump off right now? Yes, sir. So just uh, you know, tell everyone where we can find you. Uh, Dick underscore Daily on Twitter. I think Daily Beast is still up. So You need to go write some articles, man. Come on. It's good writing. I've had I've had listeners of the show uh, uh, you know, message me saying, hey, when's Dick going to write more on, on the Daily? Really? Yeah. I told you this already. Show me those messages. Okay, I will. And I'll probably write something. Okay. Somebody. Okay, we'll do. Okay. All right, fellas. All righty. Take care, brother. Feel better, uh, Dick. Yeah. Thanks, man. Peace right. out. Take care, man. Peace. By the way, for um, for uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put in the show notes the uh your affiliate link, but uh, it's the Google. How how do you say that? Google dot gl. Google. Yeah, it's Google's shortening, shortening thing. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so slash uh, cap- you have to do the capitals as well. Yeah, that's why I say go to antpruitt.com. There should be a banner okay. right on right on the page okay but yeah i'll definitely put it in the show notes as well so people you know if you're if you are going to get into adobe's uh creative cloud use that all right cool definitely i appreciate that yes definitely um oh the uh just before we jump into music on a real quick i wanted to ask you about the eos r like um you know i i am like mirrorless fanboy over here uh, i do use and DSLRs. i am not yeah i know i know you're, you're not I, I still use dslrs actually but but just my my main go-to camera is my sony uh sony a7 um your your thoughts were that it actually the buttons were too small right on the uh usr um yeah the couple of the knobs on there were a little bit tiny uh-huh. um and then it has this touch bar yeah. on the back that allows you to to modify toggle it. through some of the menus and things like that it sort of reminded me of like what Apple did on the top of the keyboard. The placement of that touch bar is pretty good because it's right near where your right thumb would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a little janky far as activating it. And I guess there's a good reason for that because they don't want you to just accidentally do it. But yet, if you're just looking at the camera you and you touch it, and you're like, well, there's nothing happening. There's nothing happening. I'm touching it and there's nothing happening. You have to physically push and click it mm. to get it to fire up and click it yeah. to get it to turn off, you know, and I didn't care for that. Heck, the Canon rep didn't even care for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's supposed to be a setting that it gets you to um, to make it where it, it actually gets activated the second you touch it. Because I, I think what, what happened was when they first released it, it actually was too easy to activate. Then they put a software yeah. update, which made it like a three-second thing where... You had right. to have a three-second hold of it, and then it activates. Right. So, like, they probably should have just... That's the thing. I get that, because people will accidentally slap stuff, right. and, and I totally get that. Yeah. You know, but just looking at the camera firsthand, I wouldn't have known what to do. Right. I just... I'd have to pull out the manual, and who pulls out the manual? <laughs> no no one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one. So, the... the um. 
the, the one thing that I didn't care for on on uh, the EOS R, but of course, again, I didn't hold it. But reading wise, is that I kind of wish they did the in body stabilization. You know, like yeah. I, Canon hasn't done it on any of their bodies. Nikon hasn't either, but Nikon did it on the mirrorless. I kind of wish Canon decided, hey, everything is stabilized, especially because Canon does video pretty good. And so if you're doing video with a stabilized body, that makes for better output. I agree 100%. Um, but at the same time, Canon, and, and this is just my opinion, Canon wants you to look elsewhere from a video standpoint. They don't want you to look at their EOS line. Right. Uh, they want you to go look at the, the, the Cine, right. Cine cameras. Right. Because those are really good. And they have outstanding lenses mm -hmm. from a Cine standpoint, too. True. Um, so I, I I can I can see that. Yeah, but yeah, which we we mentioned on the last episode that basically you know Ty and I were talking about that that Canon kind of wants to push you to the C you know five hundred or C three hundred or whatever camera mm -hmm. uh, instead of being a a, you know, a a hybrid shooter with their DSLR slash mirrorless now. Right, right. Yeah, but the thing is, a lot of freelancers don't have money for the C mm -hmm. C line. So what yeah. did so they go for what seems like the cheap option, but it's, you know, considerably a pretty good option unless you really want high, high quality. Mm. But for the most stuff, like uh, 5D or uh, A7 III, quality-wise, it's fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. More than fine. Yeah, I, I really in, enjoyed spending a couple minutes with it and, and shooting and talking to the Canon reps. It, it felt good. Mm -hmm. I, I I never really care for mirrorless cameras. I have fairly large hands and I just don't think they feel right. I get the technology behind it and all of the advantages of the technology. But my opinion is if you're a photographer, if your camera feels like crap in your hand, you're going to have crap shots. I agree. Just, it is what it is. Yeah, 100% agree with you. And so if, if, if a DSLR is what feels right in my hands, that's the way that I'm going to go. Right. But this EOS R, it was pretty substantial, you know, with or without the additional battery on it. It felt pretty comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, the right hand grip, especially, you know, but like I said, the buttons on it were a little smaller than what I'm used to. I could eventually get used to it, but it, it'll, it'll be a bit of a learning curve. Mm -hmm. um, and then you guys all know when you look through the viewfinder of a mirrorless camera, it, it's 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 a huge advantage because you know what you're going to get right. um, yeah. when you look through it versus what I currently do now. I look at the meters as I'm right. framing up everything and I'm constantly twisting because I shoot in manual 95% of the time and I'm constantly fixing things and then I then I let it go. Right. Um, but you don't you wouldn't have to do that, which would be great for people that are trying to get started in this but yet at the same time if people are trying to get started in this world of photography that's not the camera i'm going to tell you to get <laughs> well which is all people to get <laughs> for three grand you know yeah, yeah. no dude you, you, you're not worthy of that just yet yeah you know? i agree with that <laughs> i agree with that yeah i i usually i usually point people at like fuji mirrorless cameras because they're so much cheaper and you can get one for under a thousand yeah, some of the old, some of the uh, other Sony Alphas. Um, that as well, yeah. Like the, was the 6500? Right. Uh, that's a good way to start. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I have a question for you guys. Yep. So in, let's say the guitar world, 
people often say that uh, you know gear doesn't matter as much, but uh, you know having a good guitar sound is is mostly in the fingers. Would you say that's at least partially true for cameras as well? Hundred percent. Yep. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, most of the time, I'm shooting with a Rebel, and the little bit of a reputation I've been able to build has been with the Rebel. Now, for other jobs and and projects that I may be working on at the time, I rent other devices for those jobs, mm-hmm. and I go and knock it out and do whatever. But I I still believe firmly that you know the success is going to come from the photographer's eye. Is in, in the story to turn to tell, as well as any processing that they want to put into it, because sometimes your processing can help tell the story as well. Um, I started out as a smartphone photographer because I didn't have any money, and my phone at the time was a Droid X, and it really blew my mind how well that thing took pictures umpteen years ago, and I just kept going on from that, and I just decided that I will make the most of of what I have and um it works. Just just make the most of what you have. My drone back there, um, quote unquote technically is not the best camera drone out there. But nobody knows that. <laughs> you know, it's just what story are you telling? And you know, how are you framing it? How are you processing it? And and it, it goes from there. Nobody knows that drone back there. They they don't care. But right. they see the final output, and it's like, oh, okay, nice shot. True. Yeah. So, you know, it's all about if 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 you were if if you really are worried about the tools, you're just not going to create. You know, some people just say, oh, I need to get a better camera. Well, you have a Rebel. Start working mm-hmm. with that. Once you actually yep. outgrow the Rebel and actually outgrow it, and most people will not outgrow a Rebel. You're basically buying another camera just because you you heard about some bell and whistle or heard, saw something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So most people will not will not outgrow a rebel. I mean, I used a rebel for a long time and I loved it. You know, it got the mm-hmm. job done, and yeah. that's what that's what matters. And even when you you speak with um, the quote unquote big time photographers out there, they all say the same thing. Um, you know, they, they can go out and buy this gear and that gear because they're able to afford it at this point in career, but not one of them has, has given me grief about shooting with the pixel, Mm -hmm. you know, not a one has given me grief about shooting on ASPC sensors, you know, they, 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 they they don't care, right? you know, it's the, it's the people that are striving to get there exactly that cares about that kind of stuff, right. you know? And, and, and I'm like, y'all, that's not how this works. You know, I, 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 in one of my recent live streams, I ended up in a little tangent talk about talking about pixel peeping. <laughs> um, people will go on Instagram or go on these photography websites and they will zoom in to 200% on that image and start talking about you got a little bit of grain and noise over here. You need to fix this fringing, and you're like, really? It's yeah. What are you accomplishing from from doing that? I I get constructive criticism. I get that, and I actually have no problem accepting constructive criticism. But what bothers me is the people in the photographers community. They are some mean sons of bitches. And they just <laughs> they are. <laughs> there's no need for it. There's really no need for it. It's not helping anyone grow with some of the, the, the comments and remarks that I see all over the internet or all over social media when it when it comes to someone else's work. Yeah. 
but you, you just, you got to figure out how to number one, find the gear that works for you, your hands, your, your, you know, your look and feel and, and figure out how you're going to work on your composition. Cause that's, that's all that matters in the end. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I say, I say that if you're, if you're overly concerned with what someone like let's say if someone is only concerned with a picture that I took with my gear, then that means that the picture I took, I guess, is just not good. Like because you're you're or or you're basically so angry with the fact that the picture is that good that you're going to nitpick at the bit of grain. I'm okay. Yeah, I, I'm okay with grain. <laughs> grain is fine. <laughs> yeah. You know. I'm. Yeah. You know. Like. Uh, and it's sometimes actually, and you kind of mentioned this uh, in the the uh, video. Of talking about the EOSR, sometimes I think people are too stuck on their brands. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I, me, I shoot every brand. The only brand yeah. I don't have, I mean, I, and I shoot film cameras. So I have like every brand. I have, you know, I have a whole bunch of digital cameras that are, you know, Olympus, Canon. Uh, I have film mm-hmm. cameras that are Canon, Nikon. I have Nikon digital cameras. I shoot every brand. Um, I enjoy creating and and with with all of these tools I, I love the look certain cameras give me some certain camera and film combinations give me so you know like i'm not going to get stuck on the brand i'm 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 sort of stuck on what this brand or this tool can give me it doesn't matter what the brand is on there and mm-hmm. and that, you know like i had a picture of two scenes i did a nighttime shoot and one was a sony camera one was of my fuji camera and mm-hmm. the sony camera looked better and some of the Fuji mm-hmm. people were kind of like, wow, the Sony one looks better. I hate to say that. And it's like, it just looks well, better. It doesn't matter it, what it, it was shot better. on. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. You know, it's it like, freaking wow. happens. Exactly. So people, don't don't worry about going berserk pixel peeking. If the picture as a whole, looking back at it, looks good, enjoy that. If you have criticism there, about that mm-hmm. and, and telling me that I could do better with a composition, tell me that. But don't worry. I don't want to hear about grain (laughs) i don't care every time someone orders a print from me that happens to be a shot created with a smartphone you know all of those little comments that i've read in the past they just get smaller and smaller you know (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) exactly it should all be about the creative process right i agree and you know like you said create uh constructive criticism is good yeah and especially when you bring it in a nuance and genuine way you know it's something you can learn about right right Right. but being just like yeah yeah this little bit of green and that yeah Yeah. i went out wednesday night uh after the conference um friend of mine liana lahua she's a another professional photographer that i've been able to get friends with over the years she was actually a part of my smartphone photographers community oh and she helped me over the years just just exponentially with her wealth of knowledge and going out with her um wednesday night was just an awesome experience because i'm able to watch how someone like her you know how they operate you know and and take little nuanced things and, and the thought process that she's going to and compare it to what i do in those similar scenarios and vice versa she turned around and was looking at me and was like okay well, what are you thinking here and you know or why are you doing this or why are you doing that and it wasn't a my way is better kind of thing it wasn't anything like that it was 
what can we learn from one another? Because we are photographers in the photographers community. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, that was, mm, that was freaking awesome. Yeah. And I can't cool. wait to go through those images and process them. I just don't have the time yeah. right now. I'll get to them. I'll get to them eventually. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you like me let just your images marinate sometimes like sometimes i don't go to them right away because because you know I, I sometimes i'm like oh what, what was that and but if i let it marinate and i separate myself and i come back to it like maybe a few days later i, I i'm total i'm total opposite i i shoot just about every day okay uh, i'm shooting something just about every day and so just about every night i am looking at images um i've just been fortunate this last six months or so to where I've been a lot busier and I can't get to those images that I shot today. Mm. You know, it, it'll be a week sometimes, right. you know, it'll be a couple of days and, and I just, just keep going. Right. You know? Okay, cool. All right. Ty, Ty, any final thoughts before we jump into music owner? Uh, okay. no. Tosh? No, no final thoughts on our short discussion on the EOSR. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, uh, and any final thoughts? EOSR and badass camera that just may convert a DSLR user. <laughs> just know that your, um, your glass is going to be pricey, but I think it's highly worth the investment. Yeah, cool. It's not a purchase. It's an investment. That is true. Investment indeed. All right, cool. And now we shall jump into music owner with Tosh. Alrighty. So. I'm going to go back to um, basically when I started doing this uh, this music corner. Uh, you, you remember that uh, I would, you know, explore a certain subgenre or specific, you know, musical tradition. So uh, today I, will, I would like to do that again. Okay. Um, and it was triggered by an experience I had. Well, by the time this comes out, it will be uh, last week. So uh, I went to a concert by the band Block Party. Don't know if you know those guys, but um, they're currently doing a, a tour in honor of their breakout album uh, that they released in 2005, uh, titled Silent Alarm. Um, and I remember, you know, back in 2005, I actually listened to them when they when they came out. Um, I was still in high school, and what I thought back then is, what, well, yeah, they, they they had some cool tunes, but never thought anything, um, you know, further than that. And yeah, you know, in, in the early 2000s, they kind of blended into the eclectic mix of things that was popular back then. So um, I would like to play you one of the songs that uh, they played uh, during the concert, which is uh, from that Silent Alarm album uh, named Like Eating Glass.
Right, so listening to them play these songs like 13 years later, um, yeah, obviously have a different frame of reference when it comes to music, and uh, I started to pick up on some of the sonic characteristics of the band. You know, like the frantic sort of hypnotic rhythm section, the jangly atmospheric guitars, the emotive, almost spoken vocal delivery. And I realized that these were all signifiers of a lineage and of a specific movement. And it's this movement that I want to talk about today. Any idea what that movement is? Negative. No. Tell us, teacher. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's uh, well, I mean, they're, they they cross over into a couple of different genres, but uh, what they are definitely a part of is the post-punk revival. Okay. So that's what we're going to dive into, and it's actually funny those three words, you know, post-punk revival, describe perfectly what this musical journey is going to look like. So, uh, well, let's start with the obvious, which is uh, punk. Bet you all have some idea of what you know, punk entails. Um, is there anything that, that comes to mind right now? Um, Arctic Monkeys? <laughs> oh, that's, they're, they're post-punk, aren't they? <laughs> no, I'm just punk. Oh, punk, punk in general. Has, uh, uh, yeah. I, I, I never knew the names of punk, but I heard it a lot uh, in my day. Uh, but I never knew the names of the different bands or the songs, but it, it played pretty regularly around, you know, wherever I was, is whether it was white noise for someone or there was a, a concert going on or there was, a, you know, a bar that was playing. It, it was pretty common, mm -hmm. um, but I never knew the names. Like Blink-182 and uh, Green Day, right? Or definitely punk Blink-182 sure. definitely stands out in my head. Yep. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, they're not exactly post-punk, but um, oh, they're, they're not? definitely uh, no. They're, well, not well, not really. They probably really. they probably are. They they draw more. They, they draw more from that old-school punk tradition. Okay, you oh. know, um, in terms of you know the 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 speed, the aggression, the loudness. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that that's kind of I think what most people will associate with you know the word punk, just that that attitude. Yeah, right. Yeah, you 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 nailed me. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. That that's kind of the interesting uh, thing that well you have those aesthetics you know those aesthetic qualities that, that loudness aggression this anti-establishment thing it all comes across like very tough mm -hmm. but to me kind of at its heart it's much more about sort of sort of expressing emotions sort of exercising the demons that you have inside and just being vulnerable. And this is like a theme that we'll see throughout this uh, exploration. Um, but uh, let's start at the beginning. So we can trace punk as a genre back to the 1960s where we saw, um, you know, this evolution of garage rock happening in, in the US, in the UK and in Australia. Sort of this uh, kind of a, a devolution of, of the sound that was common, uh, you know, through sort of, you know, popular rock music. So kind of more of a DIY attitude, um, just... Um, a lot rawer of a sound than what was common in, in rock uh, back then. Um, and, well, punk as a genre really came uh, to fruition in the 70s. And for me, one of the prototypical, prototypical examples of punk, uh, particularly UK punk, is uh, the Sex Pistols. Mm -hmm. You know, although they were a, a short-lived band, they only released one album, really, uh, named Nevermind the Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> but they really set the standard of Love what punk name. would become. <laughs> yeah, so both as a noun and as an adjective, you know, uh, you know, punk. <laughs> 
punk as a concept, but also something being punk, you know? So uh, this is definitely uh, a good starting point. So um, I would like to play you uh, their, one of their breakthrough songs, which is God Save the Queen, which they released in So in this one track, we really see it all sort of come to life, right? This, uh, you know, aggressive attitude, the anti-establishment element of it, you know, just to quote, uh, just the opening lyrics, God save the queen, the fascist regime, they made you a moron, a potential H-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it's it's uh, all about just putting up a grand old middle finger to the establishment, Um and that, that definitely doesn't go away with, you know, later iterations of, uh, of, of the punk genre. Okay. Um, so what we see happening in, in the late 70s and early 80s is this interesting sort of fission within punk. Um, fission with an F, by the way. Mm. Um, <laughs> so particularly in, in, in the US, we see a big wave of hardcore punk bands emerging. And, well, these bands take that abrasiveness and aggression of the original punk sound and just turn it up a few notches. So uh, I want to uh, listen uh, to, well, two of these hardcore bands, starting with uh, the Dead Kennedys. This is uh, Holiday in Cambodia, released in 
So you hear it's quite, uh, yeah, psychedelic. <laughs> they turn up the aggressive. <laughs> yeah, that too, but uh, definitely also a little bit more dissonant and yeah, uh, yeah. a little bit more uh, raw, I would say. So uh, another yeah. another band that I would like to play you is uh, the band called Fear. Um, Fear, the, definitely in terms of lead vocal, is one of my favorites to listen to. Uh, you know, from that hardcore punk tradition. And their lead vocalist, Lee Ving, he just throws his entire body into his uh, vocal performance. And you'll, you'll definitely hear that in this song, I Love Living in the City, from Censoring that, that uh, Clay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, th- this vision that I'm talking about. So at the same time as this movement is, is coming up, you also see um, this post-punk movement emerging, um, which has kind of the opposite tendency. Um, you know, there's kind of a desire within that movement to, to you know, do away with all of the cliches that, uh, that punk rock introduced. So it's definitely less angry um so it, it has the same speed and energy but definitely uh, less of a of, of, let's say uh, uh fu attitude <laughs> um there's much more sort of melodic interest in it uh, as you were as you could hear with you know the sex pistols that candies and fear they didn't care too much about you know coming up with catchy melodies it was mostly about you know the the lyrics and sort of the the you know, just the li- the delivery of those lyrics, mm-hmm. but uh, you definitely see a lot more uh, sort of melodic material uh, coming to the forefront in post-punk. Also, in terms of texture, all of these bands that we were listening to thus far was uh, like a very si- simple blend of, of, you know, drums, bass, guitars, and that was pretty much it. Um, so you see a lot more sort of rich um, instrumental textures uh, coming with that post-punk movement. And, you know, when, when you ask someone you know, name a post-punk band, most people will come uh, with with the name Joy Division. And I don't know how familiar you are with that band, but that's that's kind of like the prototypical sort of post-punk example. Um, and what, you, what you're going to hear uh, definitely is that um, the, the rhythm section is going to be much more uh, pronounced. So drums and bass, they kind of uh, put this very sturdy foundation and, and over top you have this kind of chimey 
sort of guitar, um, you know, not so much being the driver for, you know, the rhythm and, and the momentum of the song, but, uh, you know, the, the rhythm section being much more relied on for that. Um, so what I'm going to play you is uh, a song from uh, Joy Division named Disorder, which they released in 1979. Division definitely set the template for this post-punk sound, uh, particularly coming out of the UK. So, um, if we're going to talk about, uh, you know, a post-punk band that's sort of, um, you know, definitely now can be considered a little bit more mainstream, mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely going to be The Cure, which I'm sure that uh, all of you guys have heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they they kind of start, you know. Um, crossing into um, more of a general sort of pop sound um, so that that's also a thing with post-punk uh, it, it tries to incorporate you know stylistic elements from other genres as well you know whether it be new wave or jazz or you know even disco um, so you see kind of this diversification but still having that you know undercurrent of you know that punk tempo and and sort of that that punk diy uh, sensibility still you know um being the yeah sort of the primary uh driver for the music so from the cure i would like to play you uh a forest which they released in 
was that psychedelic sound that that sounded weird, like like almost like a ghost whispering? <laughs> Probably some synthesizer or some guitar effects. Oh, okay. So that that that's definitely also like a sonic characteristic of that post punk thing that uh, they just go much farther out with uh, you know sonic experimentation. Uh-huh. Um, what you what what I also will say about post punk versus punk or hardcore punk is that it's definitely a lot more funky. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, and I think a lot of that has to do with the bass lines. Uh-huh. But by far, like the. Um, the funkiest post-punk band that I know uh, coming from the U.S. is uh, the Talking Heads. Mm. Um, and, well, if we're talking about famous bass lines, then definitely Psycho Killer is the one to to play. So that's what I'm going to uh, play for you, Psycho Killer from 1977. <laughs> player for uh for talking heads tina weymouth that's definitely a candidate that's high on my list for mvp mm. she, she has basically all talking head songs have a killer bass line it's all <laughs> thanks to her nice um okay so let's uh take the journey over to the post-punk revival so what that really entails is uh, a wave of bands that came up in uh let's say the, the you know the early zeros or you know naughties or however you want to refer to that period <laughs> Um, that were inspired by that post-punk sound. Um, so they kind of sort of try to emulate and, and sort of, you know, reinterpret that uh, that musical material, but also sort of infuse it with, you know, modern pop sensibilities from that era. 
And uh, definitely in the UK, you see a lot of these bands uh, uh, popping up. And uh, actually, Clay, you mentioned Arctic Monkeys earlier, right? Yeah. Um, they're definitely uh, one of the prolific uh, post-punk revival bands. Okay. And uh, I'm going to play you one of their songs. Uh, I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor from uh, 2006. <laughs> thing definitely that stands out with the arctic monkeys is the lead vocal mm. alex turner like uh in in this post-punk world he's uh like a superstar um and also uh, if you just um you know pay attention to uh sort of the public persona that uh, a band like uh, the arctic monkeys uh, has um you see kind of the subversiveness that's you know right there in the music uh, of the original punk um you know wave but sort of expressed in in you know in their demeanor in the way that they handle themselves in interviews mm-hmm. um so yeah that's that's really interesting to observe so um one year uh before this uh, uh record uh, came out we of course had the same you know silent alarm album that we started this uh, segment with by uh, by block party and I actually want to, you know, return to them for a second and, and play you another song from that album. Because that that definitely, if you, you know, kind of hear other musicians talking about this movement and, and sort of what, you know, their inspiration is, then the Sign Alarm is really high up there as sort of a, a formative album for, you know, kind of modern punk rock music. So um, I'm going to play you the song Positive Tension from uh, from the Silent Alarm record from uh, from 2005. 
Your speakers are not broken, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> So if if you pay attention to you know the baseline in particular, it does kind of uh, harken back to you know Talking Heads and Joy Division and and The Cure. Mm-hmm. It's like a very directly inspired by by that music. You can really tell. Um, have have you guys heard or seen Block Party before today? I haven't. No, I have not. None of you? Nope. No. Because that's kind of cool. Because now, now that you're listening to them for the first time, what is sort of the image now of the band that sort of comes to mind? What do you think they look like? I looked them up. You mean what the individuals in it look like? Yeah, yeah. You, and you, th- you think? I think you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, right? yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so the the lead singer is of African descent. Right. So uh, it's a black guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which you wouldn't expect if you oh. hear his vocals, but uh, that definitely adds a sort of uh, another interesting element in the mix because you can really tell that his, I guess his melodic sensibilities and and his uh, kind of the lyrics um, you see there they're kind of different than what we've been hearing so far in terms of the delivery, in terms of the emotion, in terms of the subject matter. So it's. Uh, Definitely a very off-kilter, a very interesting band. Like, this uh, record, the Silent Alarm record, uh, has been on repeat for the past week since I went to that concert. Mm. It's really... Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> put a pep in my step. <laughs> 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 uh, 
So yeah, I, would, um, I would have assumed as a group of, of, of white guys, um, not would never even assume that as a uh, dude of African descent, yeah, um, leading this way. That sort of reminds me of um, uh, the group King's X. And no, I haven't heard of that. They're a they're more metal, I believe. Mm. But um, their lead singer is this this older black guy, mm. and it it's the sound is the sound is somewhat typical. But it's still it's it's pretty good, mm-hmm. you know. But I remember seeing him with a friend. I went to a concert. I didn't know what I was getting into. But it was like, hey, you want to go to a concert? Go see King's X. I'm like, sure, whatever. Let's go. And this black dude walks out on stage. <laughs> huh? <laughs> <laughs> this caught me off guard. Yeah. You know, I didn't expect, you know, a, a a metal band to have a black guy out there with this bass and it's just killing. Yeah, it. Yeah. 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 So yeah, okay, I guess the message here is yeah, whatever inspires you, just do it. Doesn't matter uh what sort of the 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 cultural association or the ethnic association with the genre. Just no go doubt. and do yeah. it. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. Um so th- these were two uh examples of UK um post punk revival. Of course we have a parallel movement in the US as well. Um and I guess one of the leaders of that movement, uh, you'll definitely hear it in their sound. Um, is a band called Interpol. Mm-hmm. And the uh, song I'm going to play you is uh, Obstacle One that they released in 2002. associated with the post-punk uh, revival movement is a band that definitely most of you will know um the killers mm-hmm. um and maybe maybe if you you know are familiar with their music you wouldn't necessarily put them in the punk category because definitely their sound is very i'd say poppy commercial right 
but you know, if you just listen to kind of the some of the stylistic choices that they make, then you can still see that connection to uh, to that post punk sound, particularly in their older stuff. So um, I'm going to play you um, the song "When You Were Young" that they uh, put out in 2006. <laughs> that song yeah it's beautiful isn't yeah. it but if you compare it to like the the you know the old school punk it sounds almost like orchestral music right it mm-hmm. sounds real poppy to mm-hmm. me <laughs> yeah yeah and it definitely is but you know that that's kind of the thing with this movement because of, of course they're competing with uh, everything that's prevalent you know post 2000 so i guess a lot of these bands dabble a little bit in you know what's what's is of the time right you'll you'll hear that in the later stuff that block party puts out as well um like they just take elements from edm and, and you know just other you know popular genres of music um but kind of, kind of that, that maybe that's uh sort of the point that i'm getting at with this segment is that well for one a genre can evolve in multiple different directions at the same time mm-hmm. so you see that with bands like uh Green Day and and Blink One Eighty Two and Sum Forty One are much more indebted to sort of that uh, you know old school punk. You also have still a lot of hardcore punk bands around, 
Um, and you have bands like the, 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 you know, the last ones that I've played you that, um, you know, draw more from sort of the melodic, um, you know, emotional, uh, you know, kind of more stylized, uh, you know, version of punk that, uh, that came with the post-punk movement. Mm-hmm. So, um, it also tells you that, uh, you know, regardless of how old the genre is, it can always be resurrected by young musicians who take an interest in, you know, this musical heritage that, uh, that, that, you know, just really readily available, especially in, in the internet age, anyone has access to everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, that, that makes me kind of wonder what the next big revival movement is going to be. Right. Right. Interesting. So yeah, that, that's, uh, that's, uh, the journey for today. Cool. Hope you, uh, you came away inspired. I need to learn how to play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gave up on that one, brother, a long time ago. That is so well, is a good place to start. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thanks, man. All right. So we shall wrap up. Listeners, we will actually let Ant tell us everywhere he can be found and what he's doing. Um, let's see. I would prefer folks to go over and give me a follow over on Instagram. That's Ant. Pruitt, all one word. And um, also, if you if Instagram is not your thing, hop on over to YouTube and watch a couple of my videos. That's youtube.com slash antpruitt, one word. And if you feel like being a Twitterverse person, that is ant underscore, underscore Pruitt because um, some numbnuts <laughs> will not give me my name back. <laughs> I, and Twitter is really getting on my nerves about it. So I've just stuck with it and just go with ant underscore Pruitt. And with regards to social media, I try my very best to make social media be social. Yes, it is a platform and tool for me as far as promoting myself and trying to keep keep growing my business and getting more clients and gigs and jobs and all of that. But I do try my very best to be social on social media. You do a good job of it. So I, uh, I, I follow him at all those places and he's very social. <laughs> Appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Yes, thank you for just being subscribed. On. Right, cool. Uh, Ty, where shall we find you? You can find me on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram at T Y zero nine. Yes. Very cool. That's it, right? You don't, you, you don't Twitter anymore. <laughs> it's, well, you yeah. can find him at T Y zero nine on Twitter I, as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Begrudgingly, uh, it sounds yeah, like. Begrudgingly. <laughs> no, actually, I don't know why. Because like, the idea of Twitter is great, but I don't conversate with people. I need to get into the conversation, then it'd be great again. I I, mean, I, I I tag you sometimes, but you know, you, you you don't expect it, I guess. So you don't really watch out for Twitter. I I get those tags, but then I'm like, yeah, like wh- okay, why bother, Clay? What should I do with <laughs> like the tag? Now what? <laughs> no, what should I do with the tag? I don't know. I'm trying to get you into the conversation. <laughs> how? By entering whatever I tagged you in. What do you mean, how? <laughs> no, but most of the tags are like um, retweets of okay for like cybercasts. All right. Stuff. I just tag me in a couple, and I'll try to jump okay. in it. I'll we shall try. See. I'm like. Well, Ty, I'll say this for me with um, Twitter in particular, Twitter and Instagram in particular, um, I post things out there and people will comment and I try to look at mm-hmm. what their comment is and, and, and just and just go from there. Mm-hmm. And it just helps to, to 
it helps with organic growth as well as helping keeping social media in my very little tiny corner of the world less toxic Mm -hmm. you know yeah i agree and when people find that you're engaged there are they enjoy coming back and and chit-chatting with you and and i don't get people tagging me too much on on random stuff you know every now and then it it, it spikes but most of the time it's just people are, are just being genuine people on there and enjoy nice intelligent conversation and nice content you know, mm-hmm. hmm. I'll try that. Maybe that works. All right, cool. Uh, Tosh, where shall we find you? I'm still uh, Tosh Polak on Twitter. No Instagram. Where I just followed Ant. Yeah, just follow him because he <laughs> killed his Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> right, Tosh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was a was a just a short stint on Instagram. Yeah. But uh, might give it another chance. Uh, he's on he's on Instagram, but you see uh, a picture of his, his pictures taken by other people of him. <laughs> Is that so? Uh, <laughs> I've seen you on, yeah. on Instagram. Hope hope nothing too embarrassing. <laughs> no, not too embarrassing. <laughs> uh, and you can also check out his singer Singergy on all of these places online, uh, Twitter and Instagram. It's Singergy. Is it Amsterdam for Twitter? For Twitter, it's Singergy underscore vocal. Right, right. Okay, underscore vocal. All right. And just Singergy on Facebook. Cool. All right, and, and I'm CW Daily everywhere. Uh, Dick Dick is Dick underscore Daily on Twitter, and I think he's Dick Daily on t- Instagram. Uh, our Cybercast account is Cybercast without the E because we're not cool, or we are cool. I, I don't know which way it is now, but uh, <laughs> very on, cool <laughs> on Instagram or Twitter. <laughs> right, our, our website is Cybercast without the E again dot com. And uh, thank you so much, Ant, for coming on. I've, uh, you know, I've uh, engaged with you online many a times, and I love watching your stuff. And I, whenever you're live on Instagram, I, uh, you know, I, I, if I'm on Instagram, I, I check, I check out what you're doing. Thanks so much. <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks for having me on. This is yeah, thanks for being on, man. True pleasure. Yeah, and honor. I really on. appreciate the opportunity, gentlemen. Cool. Thank you. Ciao. Bye bye. Peace. Tot ziens. Return to your regular scheduled programming.